Amen. Okay, go to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, 24. This will set us up for our next season of prayer. Look down in verse 24. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 24. I want us to pray for the reality of God's word around this passage. 1 Corinthians 14, 24 says, If all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. We need to pray that God would bring the unbelieving to come and worship him because we're his people, that he is in us of a truth. We want to pray that the loss would be overcome with the reality of who we are and what we have in Jesus. That they'd see the reality of him in and with us and that that would produce a a conviction but also a holy jealousy. Uh, I'm so grateful for the testimony uh, that we heard tonight. Okay, Carly's sister's name is Jordan. Jordan, okay. I'm slow. And it might take a few before I get it straight. So I'm sorry. Jordan, okay, just wonderful. She, man, just being with God's people. Man, praise the Lord. God used that in her life. It's wonderful. More of that. I remember, uh, you know, as a young man, I went on my first missions trip, and one of the requirements that the leader of the missions trip gave to all of us is we had to keep a journal, and I'm terrible at that. Um, but, I, you know, I'd make a few notes every day about what God did, and... And, uh, and then come to find out, it's like, holy moly, I think I'm being called into the pastorate, which is like the, in my mind, like the worst thing that could have ever happened, and yet it's wonderful to see how God has worked in my life. You know, I made a vow when I was a child that I'd do anything for the Lord except be a pastor or a missionary or marry an ugly woman. Like, I, I could, I'll do anything else, but I can't do either of those things. And so, you know, one out of two isn't bad. That is not me insulting my wife. Like I can tell people sometimes, like one out of two, I'm a pastor. And that, my wife, wow. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> like one out of two is not bad. Okay, but uh, I, that was the last thing I had on my mind. And Teresa was on that trip. Teresa Stop was on that trip. Um, that's that's when I got called to the pastorate. It was like. I just got tired of telling people I'm not a pastor. Pastor, pastor, thank you for coming. And, and it was, long story short, I mean, God was doing it and I was overcome and I was just trying to capture that, just how God was working in my life. And, and I came home, this was, this was with the fall of communism in Romania, uh, just happened a few months before and uh, with Ceausescu's death. And, and my sister heard that I'd gone on this trip and she was freaked out. Like, what in the world are you doing? Like, it's dangerous over there. Like, what are you thinking? And so she's waiting for me when I get back. She's, she picked me up and she's like, I, you know, I can't believe you're, she's afraid I wasn't gonna get off the plane. She's like, I'm, I can't believe you're alive. And, and uh, I don't know if she said those words, but that was the attitude of her, of her, of her demeanor and her bearing, you know, it was like, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you're okay. 
And so she came home with me and, and she's helping me unpack and I'm putting stuff away and she's like, tell me about the trip, what all happened? And she's just wanting me to go through it blow by blow and, and I'm still just overcome a little bit with the emotion of everything that had taken place. Plus I'm bone tired, I don't travel well, uh, never have. But um, I said, well, here, I, I kept some notes, you can read it. And I'm unpacking and she's reading my chicken scratching and all of a sudden I hear my, my sister sobbing. I'm like, Shereen, what's wrong? And she's like, tell me how to have what you have. Like, God doesn't work in my life like this. Tell me how to have what you have. Um, I'm like, I think you need to move to Kansas City and get discipled. Because <laughs> that's what I did. I moved to Kansas City, I got discipled, and it's just been amazing ever since. You know, I'm, I'm growing, I'm learning. So she did. Uh, she, you know, I said, if I were you, I would tell your Catholic, no, I, I'd already talked to him. He didn't have a testimony of salvation. You should tell your, your fiance, right? Sayonara, I'm moving to Kansas City. To like, let's get rid of that turkey. <laughs> Come to Kansas City and get to, I got it. And he's like, I want to follow Jesus too. And so, oh, okay. So she, he moves to Kansas City too. And, and, uh, he starts coming to church with her and, and I mean, lickety split, he's signing up for discipleship uh, right before he marries my sister. And I'm like, God, like, I can't, I've, done, I've tried everything to, to, to just subtly on the, on the lowdown shut this marriage down and, <laughs> and it keeps happening. Like, I, I, don't, I don't wanna lose my, God, just have mercy. I don't know what else, I have no power here, but I got you and, and um, I went to his, you know, he'd signed up for discipleship. We were already paired. We hadn't started yet. I went to uh, his bachelor party. His brothers were messed up. They did not throw him a good party. And um, I uh, was like, bro, I love you. I'm here for you. Are you going to follow the Lord? Well, we started meeting for discipleship, and I think by lesson number three, he got saved. Um, man, praise the Lord. He did a summer series last summer on, on uh, Philemon. How many heard that? Wasn't that anointed? It was just wonderful. Uh, God wants to use our lives in the lives of people. You know, family's the hardest. Like, family's the hardest to reach. Can I just tell you, though, the reality of God in your life, not even a brother or sister that despises you can miss it when it's clear, when it's obvious. That our moms and our dads, our cousins, our nephews, that they just see the person and the love of Christ just pouring out of us. Why? Well, because when we speak, it's, it's the word of God. Man, if everybody is preaching, and somebody, like it's just the word of God pouring out of their life, that's convincing. And they realize, verse 25, they don't have what you have, and they fall down on their face and report, right? Worshiping God, they report that God is in us. This is why the church is so powerless in our ministry today. We're not desperate for God's anointing for ministry. Why? We're not on our face. God, please, you have to, Lord, except you use me. There's no hope. Except you take my life and, and make it a testimony so that the lost can see who you are, how good you are, so they can see all that you are. There's no hope. 
We don't do that, we don't have time for that. We're too busy binge watching whatever show it is that you know, our friend said was so awesome, we can't miss it. We love entertainment, we're all tied up in sports and video games and shows that are just basically in you know, woke indoctrination on some LGBT, I can't even do it anymore, XYZ, LMNLP agenda. And so there's no anointing, there's no power you know, friendship, this love affair that God's people have with the world, that's enmity with Christ. How many have people that you love desperately? Their family, their friends, their neighbors, their people you work with, like you love them. And if they die today, they're going to hell. I mean, they're flat going to hell. And what you're tempted to believe many times, how many would say, I've got that, but I'm, I'm tempted to believe that, that there's no way God can use me in their life. Like it's hopeless. I'm telling you, I'm raising my hand because I felt that way about family members before. Like it's hopeless, there's no way. They'll never listen to me. God's bigger than that relationship dynamic. He's much bigger than that. If the person and the love of Christ is pouring out of our life, how are they gonna miss it? How, how, how are they gonna miss it? They can't. Can I just tell you what the problem is? The love, the person, the word of Christ isn't pouring out of our life. Because we've got one foot in church and one foot in the world. I mean, yeah, we're, we, you know, we, love, we love worshiping together, we love, the, we love the word of God, as long as it's in its place and it doesn't get too out of bounds, it just doesn't get to be too much, as long as we don't get overboard with it. And our families see it. I don't know about you, but I wanna be, I wanna be that, that guy that the Lord uses in the lives of people. I know this, every time I've been desperate for the Lord, to come through, to answer prayer, to lead me, or to direct me, or to help me in some decision. You know, he's done it every time. I mean, some of the stories are, I mean, they're just flat out miracles. It's, it's beyond belief how good God has been to me. We're not desperate for God's anointing for ministry because we're full, we're satisfied, we're content with what we have in the world. So we got a good life that we're enjoying in the world. How's that gonna work out for us 500 years from now when the person that we love so much is burning in hell? And if you go to them tonight, I love you, I care about you, I'm concerned for your soul, please can I talk to you about your need for the Lord Jesus Christ? They'll laugh you to scorn. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll snub you, they'll deny you. Because you don't have an open door. There's not an anointing. Is this making sense? Can we? Ask the Lord for the reality of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 24 and 25, over the life of this church, over our lives individually. That when people come to our services, like the number one evangelism strategy ought to be, hey, just come to church with me this week. Why, because there's an anointing. You'll see the truth that God is in us. I mean, you may not tell them that, you just know that that's what will happen, and just come to church with me. See, we can't manufacture this. We can't make it happen. All we can do is call on the Lord to help. 
But if it's not what we really want, if what we really want is to go next level on our entertainment, uh, whatever that looks like, um, a bigger TV, better sound system, more immersive experience, better video game quality, more access on more levels with sports, you know, whatever entertainment is that you're pursuing, maybe it's substances, I don't know. When we're hungry for the things of the world, we're not hungry for the things of God. And we don't call on the Lord to help when we don't recognize our need. And so many of God's people, they're Christians and they say they love the Lord, but they're just going through the motions of Christianity. And really, when it comes down to it, you're just living your life for yourself. And no wonder there's no anointing. No wonder there are no open doors. No wonder there's no ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. Zechariah chapter four, verse six. This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So we need no other solution. It's, this church is not gonna do everything that God intends for it to do because we hold great services, right? Because our music is spectacular. I mean, and praise the Lord, the music's wonderful. But that's not the key. Uh, we're hopeless, I mean, we're doomed. We'll never have a pastor, a senior, at least as well, I mean, as long as I'm doing it, we're not gonna have some sil silver-tongued outfit that's gonna wow people with his oratory. That's not gonna happen. Sorry, I'm your pastor, okay? <laughs> like, no, except the Lord builds the house. We're gonna waste our time. It's not by our might, our ability, our power, our ingenuity. It's by his spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So we need the hand of God's blessing. We need his Holy Spirit anointing us for the work. And so if, if, if you felt a pain, okay, in terms of the problem that I've laid out tonight. Can I just give you this promise? Second Chronicles chapter seven says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attent unto, attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name be there, may, may be there forever and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Let's humble ourselves and let's pray. You know, in, in Luke chapter four, Jesus said the spirit of the Lord was upon him because the spirit had anointed him to preach the gospel to the poor. We need to pray for that. We need to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit and the work that God's called us to because that's the only way we're gonna get fruit. We need to pray for more people to become workers in the kingdom, Matthew chapter nine. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. There are a lot of workers, potential workers that are attending every week. There are a lot of potential workers that, that attend our prayer ministry services, but we're not walking through those open doors. Can I give you some homework for this week? Ephesians six, verses 18 through 20. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Paul says, pray for me. Right? That ought to be the cry of every believer. Pray for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in bonds. That therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. We ought to, we ought to ask the Lord for, for open doors, for souls.
for opportunities. We ought to pray for one another to have those opportunities to preach the gospel in boldness and wisdom. We ought to lift up the lost by name, not in general. Let's ask the Lord for open doors for the people that he's placed in our life. We are God's house, right? Um, in Second Chronicles, this is talking about the dedication of the temple. And, um, you know, if God's people will just humble themselves and pray. I mean, we are a house of prayer. We're a house of prayer for all people. Andrew Bonar says, God likes to see his people shut up to this, that there is no hope but in prayer. Herein lies the church's power. So would you pray? You know, in terms of my physical diet, um, when I recognize I'm not gonna beat Pastor Will in a race because I'm too fat, this year is not my year, y'all. But next year, oh yeah, I'm gonna destroy. I have to quit sugar cold turkey. And it's just like, I'm always running. I need a little snack here or a little snack there. Like sugar is addictive. Has anybody noticed that? Sugar is very addicting, okay? And like you come to expect that after supper, you're gonna have something sweet. Like that's how civilized people live. <laughs> and uh, stopping that, you know. Like I, you know, and it's a lesson I've learned multiple times in my life. I mean, I do know how to lose weight. It's just not easy to say no to the things that please me in the flesh. But that's what it takes. You know, and if I'll do that for a couple months, all of a sudden, I actually, I'm not craving sugar. Like my sugar addiction's broken. And then I'm actually, the food that I'm eating actually does taste better. Like, I enjoy it more. What, do I, what did I have to do? I have to cut out the thing that was stealing my affection. I had to say no to that in order to be able to enjoy what is good, right, and proper for me. Is everybody with me? Everybody kind of, this is a pretty fundamental principle in life, okay? If you're gonna lose weight, you gotta cut out the sugar, you gotta increase your activity. You're like, oh, you don't understand, it's harder than that. <laughs> it's math. <laughs> There's, it's math. You don't understand my, you know, my extenuating circumstances. I'm exception to the rule. Uh, you still can starve to death. I mean, like, it's a calorie thing. I, you gotta cut out, you gotta cut out the things that are stealing your affection in order to be able to appreciate what's good for you. And if we're whoring after the things of the world, we're not gonna have an appetite for the things of God. I'm just telling you, there's no way around it. Some of you, you need to, you need to get your phone shut down Right, you need, you, need, you need an app that cuts out all the other apps. You need email, a calendar, the ability to call, get a text, and then that's it. No internet, no apps, no, I'm trying to think of some apps. No TikTok, no Flim Flam, I don't, you know. <laughs> cut it out. Like, well, I don't want to have anything to do, oh. Really? Oh, yeah. I'll be bored. Oh, oh, will you? 
Like, ah, oh, man, I'll just be miserable. I'll feel like I'm, like, yeah, maybe get your Bible open and get on your knees. Get hungry, get desperate for the things of God. Why would the lost world come in to a bunch of carnal Laodicea, in the, in the midst of a bunch of carnal Laodicean people and say, oh, I need this? They look at most Christians and they realize there's no diff- they live just like they do. There's no difference. And we need the person, the life, the love, the word of Christ to just pour out of us, amen? But you're not gonna do that if you're married to the world. We need to, I mean, some of us need to break up with something or someone. We need to cut it out of our life and get serious about our relationship with the Lord. Your kids are running off, acting a fool. They don't see the reality of the life, the love, the light, the word of Christ in your life. I can belabor this all night, but can we just pray for the anointing? Can we pray that we be a people who are hungry for the Lord and the lost will see it? and they'll see that the Lord is in our life. I'd like the choir to come up. We're gonna worship as we close. If you know you need prayer for this, you've got a decision to make, you gotta wipe some, you, you gotta lock your phone down, or you gotta get rid of your game console, or you gotta cut off your, your, your app subscription on your, on your internet TV. Like there's things that you gotta do so that you can cut the world's sugar entertainment out of your life and get focused on your relationship with the Lord. Maybe you need, maybe you need prayer for that. Maybe you need accountability in that. Um, come on down front. We'll pray for God to strengthen you. You got, you got some tough days ahead of you, uh, but, but the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous will avail much. Okay, we're gonna pray for the Lord to strengthen you in that. And so that, if that's you and you know you, you, you've got decisions to make, uh, you've got to cut some things out of your life, and you're going to need prayer. You're going to need strength. Maybe you need accountability. You'll let us know. Uh, we want to help you. Amen? Let's stand. Let's worship together. If you have need, come on. We want to help you. We want to pray for you.